It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Oh no, headman pass for Kelly's got a breakaway, and he moves in, and he shoots, and he scores. Work for naught. A disallowed goal because of an offside coach's challenge. And then, in overtime, Ricard Raquel breaks free all alone and digs one past goaltender Sanchenko. Yeah, that was that was tough. I mean, we, uh, um, you know, they're pressing hard in the third period, and you could tell uh, we were in a back-to-back situation, and uh, the ice was tipping. It was a huge uh, momentum shift for us having a shorthanded goal. We knew obviously within before the review that it was offside by uh, you know with our guys um, you know watching it, but uh, um, we were prepared to cut to, to, to kill the last forty seconds. Our penalty kill was uh, uh, great again. Um, and then, uh, you know, in an overtime uh, um, first shift in, I mean, it's just a, a, a complete disastrous blown call. Um, and, uh, um, you know, the thing that pisses me off the most, is I don't even get it. They don't even come over to the bench. They race off the ice, just the respect to come and explain it. Um, everybody missed it. No review. If you watch it, the replay, it's, it's uh, um, too many men all day long. All right. Good morning, everyone. What is happening? I am one of those people, and I'm sure this will piss you off, but I am one of those people that whenever I see a situation like last night in which we feel that a call from the refs did not go the Sharks way, and that was one of the reasons that they lost, my usual response is don't put yourself in that position in the first place. And I don't mean that to say that you shouldn't be in a position where you can be in a winnable game and a bad play can happen. But it's like, just if you, if you're good enough throughout the course of the game, it shouldn't matter if the refs are making the right call or the wrong call in a given moment where the game is in the balance. The game wouldn't have been in the balance. If you'd played better earlier on, if you'd buried more of your shots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's just kind of my go-to thing. However, last night I was furious with the calls or the lack of calls, uh, a tripping that was not called that immediately leads to an Anaheim goal. And then over time, you see what, as Bob Bugner alluded to, what looked like a pretty clear example of too many men. And then there are, uh, there's a goal. So I, I just, you know, it's frustrating for lack of a better term, because that's what existence for the Sharks is right now. It is unbelievably frustrating. And, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed what we saw last night from the team in light of what we saw on Saturday nights in that 8 nothing loss against Nashville. 
Saturday night was the low point of the season. I know there have been other games this year where the Sharks have gotten beat up pretty badly, like the games against Tampa or Pittsburgh or Boston, but that one was uniquely different. That one was a different type of demoralization. That one was a different type of just, oof, this is ugly. You don't like what's happening out there on the ice right now. You don't like what you're seeing from the team. You don't like the body language. You don't like any of it. And I understand that's going to happen over the course of the year, especially when you are not a great team. But right now, the Sharks came back one day later, not even 24 hours later, and had a really, really strong performance and gave themselves a chance to win the game, whether it was their overall team-wide response, whether it was the emotion they played with starting the game with a fight immediately, whether or not it was the way that Sachenko played, making his first ever start. The Sharks did enough to give themselves a chance to win that game. Unfortunately, it also required not getting the wrong calls or a lack of calls made over the course of the game, and that didn't happen. And we've talked about this time and time again this year. For the Sharks to win hockey games right now, it seems like they need to be perfect. It seems like they need to have everything go their way. It seems like they need to avoid any of the big mistakes. It seems like they need to do everything right, bury their opportunities, make the nice passes, and they, they did, you know, like 75 to 85% of that. But there were some little problems that they had. They had some turnovers in their own end. They had, you know, some passes that they gave away. They had some chances that they didn't bury. They had the calls that weren't made or some calls that went against them. And when all was said and done, it just wasn't enough for the Sharks to get more than one point. I'm glad they got a point on the road. I'm always going to be happy if you get a point on the road. However, when you've had the stretch of play that the Sharks have had of late, you need more than one point out of a game. You need two, you need a win, and you also need it for the emotions of your team. When you have a game that you feel like you've done enough to win, when you feel like you've given yourself a chance to walk away with two points, far too many times this year, the Sharks have been in situations where their efforts have not been rewarded. And it's something I talked a lot about last year is that you know when you do things right and you walk away with the wrong answer, the demoralizing aspect that that can have on a team is not uh, its not great. And I think it's something for sure that you're starting to see a little bit on the faces of the Sharks. I think you could see it in Tomas Hurdle because he's been a bit snake bit as of late. He hasn't found you know the back of the net as often as he would like to. And I think that there's a, a number of things weighing on his head. But it's not just Tomas Hurdle. It's a number of guys out there where the Sharks in games where they do the right thing eventually are not getting rewarded with the win. And I you know, I go no further than the Sharks not having Eric Carlson out there in overtime for several of these games since he's been gone, in which the Sharks have only gotten one point as opposed to two. What's the big difference between earlier in the year? There's no Eric Carlson out there on the ice. And not only is there no Eric Carlson, there's no Mario Ferraro. There is no... James Reimer, there is no Aiden Hill, there is no Kevin LeBanc. I mean, you just go down the list and talk about all the players that you are lacking in the games for the Sharks right now, and it's it's just all, it's a lot for the team to take. And I think that I give them a huge amount of credit for bouncing back after having such an abysmal performance Saturday night against Nashville, and they came out ready to play. They were fired up. I was tweeting about it when it happened, the fact that the Logan Couture scored the first goal of the game. I thought that was relatively symbolic just to have him as the captain of the team come out with an emotional goal early on to give the Sharks the lead on the road. That told me a lot about where they were mentally, and I don't think that the Sharks are defeated. I don't think that they have given up on the season, but I do also acknowledge that this is all a lot for the team to take. 
It's one thing after another. It's the absences, you know, just compounding upon each other. It's it's everything. And right now, the Sharks, in light of everything that has happened to them over the course of this year, and particularly in the last couple of months with all the injuries stacking up, they're still fighting in games, not just, you know, at home, but on the road as well. And they gave themselves a chance to win last night. And there were some abysmal non-calls that I think kept them from winning the game. And unfortunately, they're not good enough to completely take advantage of a game to where the officials don't matter. That's always what I go to. You, you want to be in a position where the referees do not matter, where you control the game, where you win the game. So even if the calls don't go your way, you're still in a position to win. The Sharks aren't that good. You know, they're not good enough to be able to overcome all that. So when you try and place them in a position where you're asking them essentially to be not perfect, um, but just better than the outside influence of officiating, it's a tough task for them because they're not as good as they would need to be to make that happen. That's, again, my own little personal thing. But at the same time, when you see those lack of calls made, when you see the fact that, you know, Bob Bugner, who is not one to go and, you know, moan about the officials, he was pissed off after the game. You know, it seemed to be that everybody out there on the ice thought it was a a too many men situation and that they didn't even get, you know, a a response or an explanation of what went down. And I I see where the frustration is. And I can totally understand why Bob Bugner was willing to make the comments that he made. And, you know, there's a good chance and I imagine there's a 100% chance that he will be fine for that by calling it a blown call. But you know what? Like you, you have to pick and choose your moments. And for Bob Bugner last night, he understands that that was one that he was going to pick and choose. And he was going to roll with it because he was pissed off. He was on the road. He's fighting for the team. The team's all out there fighting. They have a good, winnable situation against a good, not great Anaheim team. And for the second straight time against this team, they've only been able to walk away uh, with one point, even though they've had really good efforts against Anaheim. And it's it's got to be killing these guys. I'm sure that if you go into the locker room last night, there's not... Not the same type of, you know, fury and or emotional recourse that he had after the 8-0 loss to Nashville or some of the other tough losses they've taken uh, over the course of the year. But that one, it's got to be just kind of throwing their hands up in the air and saying, what do we have to do? What do we have to do to get ourselves a win? And it it reminded me actually of the uh, embellishment call that was made against Timo Meyer when the team was in Tampa just before the All-Star break, where you felt like you had a pretty clear-cut situation of what you expected to see. And instead, they're calling Timo for embellishment. You don't get a power play, and then you end up losing. It's like, seriously? Like, Are you kidding me? Is this happening again? At least that was my reaction. Your reaction may have been different. You may have just said, of course, because that's how things go for the San Jose Sharks this year. At which point, you may have been right. That might be just how things go for the Sharks this year. But you know, it doesn't make it any easier to swallow. It doesn't make it any easier for us to all look at and say, like, yeah, that's... You know, that's that's what I wanted to see. No, you hate it. You hate seeing the Sharks lose. You hate seeing that type of a of a game play out where your effort is good, where you've got the type of play that, you know, you think like, oh, okay, well, that's this is going to be, you know, waved off and the Sharks are going to get their, you know, chance here on a power play and it didn't even happen. Especially not when you have an earlier goal that looked like it was going to change the momentum of the game with Middleton, you know, the mustache flying high scoring a goal, and then it's wiped off. And it's just like, come on. You know, everything has to be perfect for the Sharks right now, and all too often they are not able to get that perfect game. And that's a tough situation they're in. And I don't think that is a condemnation of the Sharks. It is a reality for the Sharks, that with the absences they have, 
They have to literally be perfect to win games. And they have to get the breaks and they have to make all the little plays and they have to not have goals wiped off. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's everything. It's it, for the Sharks right now, again, for them to get a win, they have to be as close to perfect as possible. And if they're not, there's a really, really high chance that they're not going to be able to walk away with two points. Now we've seen them in a lot of these games as of late racking up one point, And I've appreciated that because it keeps them in sense of, you know, they're still just a run away from getting themselves back into it. But you also have to look at the writing on the wall. You know, you are now on March 7th, two weeks away from the trade deadline. You have essentially sunk since the All-Star break where you said, okay, these next five weeks are really going to determine what happens to this team and what has happened to this team since we heard that statement is that it's it's just been a downward trend. And I always pay attention to the comments that are on Reddit, the comments on social media, Uh, the comments just everywhere about the Sharks. And I think that one of the vibes that I'm getting from fans is that fans love the Sharks as much as ever. I totally feel that, you know, 100% because fans, they care a lot. You know, it's not just the financial investment that people make into the Sharks. It's the emotional investment. Sports require a really, really high amount of emotion. You get up and down over the course of three hours during a game and you you buy in and that emotional investment, it has... uh, you know, there are losses and gains, I guess, for lack of a better term, if we're sticking with the investment analogy. But I think one of the things that I feel with people is that for so long, the investment of time for the San Jose Sharks is that it was a positive, rewarding experience more often than not. I mean, you had a 15-year run of excellence where you had some of the best players in the NHL. Somehow, it did not end up yielding a Stanley Cup. But overall, You had a team that was night in, night out, a joy to watch. You saw tons of wins. You saw incredible comebacks. You saw incredible moments. You felt like anything could happen every single time you watched a Sharks game. And right now, that's not what happens with the Sharks. And I think that's that, it's that difference between where you were a couple years ago and where you were now. Every time you watched the Sharks a couple years ago, it was joy and it was just this incredible experience and now it's not. It's a it's a it's a journey of frustration. It's a journey of, you know, feeling like you know what's going to happen. I, I think that that's what I'm feeling from fans right now. And I think that to an extent, that's what I'm feeling as well when I watch the Sharks. Just because you you used to see Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski and Patrick Marlowe and you know you name off these great names that you associate with the the heights of the Sharks. And that's not what you have right now. You have now, um, you know, young and inexperienced players. And listen, I love the journey. I love watching these guys turn into the next players that will take us back to those heights. Don't get me wrong in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, it's just such a stark contrast to where we were a couple years ago, where the Sharks, every time you watched, even if it was a loss, it still felt like it was a joyful occasion over the course of 60 minutes of hockey and, you know, the pre and post and intermission. And it was just... It was different. And now that you've turned into this era of sharks where you are in the midst of trying to turn things around and build towards the future while maintaining positivity here in the now and trying to stay in contention for a playoff spot, it's not as fun. You know, it's still, listen, people are still all in on the sharks and they're watching these games, but it's just, it's a stark change to what it was. And I think that's the difference. When I read people's comments where the frustration is, where they are, you know, feeling so angry watching these games and watching these losses, I think it's the juxtaposition of what we saw for 15 years to where the Sharks 
were able to win these games, were able to mount these incredible comebacks, were able to night in, night out, just have these incredible performances, and we got spoiled. And I think you should get spoiled in that sense because it would be really weird to watch a game and see the Sharks lose you know, 4-3 on the road despite having a very good performance and say, wow, we are really lucky to have a team this good. No, that's that's not how you that's not how you live life. You don't constantly step back in appreciation. You constantly think about where the team was in the game and what they can do next time. It was like, okay, the Sharks lost this game. That was weird. I'll bet they're bounced back with a three-game win streak. You know, that was how you felt about the Sharks. And I'd like us to feel that way again sooner rather than later. But for us to get back to those emotional um, expectations. You got to go through what you're going through right now. And the hope is you can get back there sooner rather than later. But right now, it's it's not the Sharks of old. It's not the sexy Sharks, as Drew Romenda likes to say. It's a gritty, rough-and-tumble bunch out there that are dealing with a phenomenal amount of injuries, that are dealing with a phenomenal amount of adversity, and don't have the talent to overcome it on a game-to-game basis. The Sharks have talent out there, or they have talent on the roster, and there's a good amount of it that's injured right now. But the Sharks battle well to keep themselves in games. And from that standpoint, the emotional investment is rewarded in the sense that you feel like the guys are always giving it their all. The game against Nashville notwithstanding, that was an aberration. Every other game for the Sharks this year, it feels like they're giving you a good effort. Even when they fell behind big to Pittsburgh earlier this year, they came storming back in that game. You know, they might have gotten it handed to them by Tampa. Next time they play Tampa, they come back and they give a much better performance. I mean, you feel like this team is obviously trying to give a very, very high caliber performance, trying to give it their all. And then you see a game like last night where the end result was, okay, they were good enough to lose and it didn't help that there were some non-calls by the officials that would have otherwise potentially swung things in favor of the Sharks. Now, that's where I am on those situations. That's what I feel is the, is the overall view that I see when I watch the Sharks. You know, the old expression in politics is that, you know, it takes a village. Well, for the Sharks right now, it, it takes a village on the ice. You, you need everything working in your favor. You need the breaks to go your way. You need your gameplay to be at a very, very high level and be clicking and not making mistakes. And, you know, the Sharks didn't do enough of that perfect play last night to walk away with a win, and they didn't get the breaks. I thought they played a good game. I thought they played an emotion-filled game. I thought they played a great response game after what we saw happen on Saturday night. But when all was said and done, they weren't good enough to get a win. We're going to get into some post-game reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Here comes Troy Terry. Oh, so dangerous with Milano across the San Jose line. Terry got checked by Burns. Down he went, but he's back on his feet. Gets it back from Fowler. Cross ice. Shattenkirk shoots. It's blocked in front. The Sharks take off. They've got a chance shorthanded here. Middleton feeds to the middle of Nieto. He's got Middleton breaking it all by himself. Middleton, star! Jake Middleton, shorthanded goal! The Sharks lead 3-2 with 7.03 to play! Coach's challenge is determined the play was offside prior to the goal. Okay. 
No goal. So it's still 2-2, and that's going to charge up the Ducks fans and the Ducks bench. I thought so. I thought we competed hard. We got out to a lead. Um, you know, we we're physical. We we're we we're battling in all the dirty areas. Um, again, we got a pretty inexperienced blue line back there. And uh, um, on the road, you, you could see we got jumped a lot and uh, you, you don't get very favorable matchups. So, you know, we had to, uh, um, you know, we had a battle and I thought that uh, everybody did. I thought that we played in good units of five and it wasn't perfect game by any means, but uh, on a back to back and a road and a response game, I was pretty happy with it. And that's part of the frustration of what makes last night a game that you're going to be ticked off because the Sharks did do a lot of things right. They just unfortunately did not do enough and did not catch the breaks. Tomas Hurdle spoke about his frustrations with the officiating after the game. Yeah, because in our opinion, when we saw, especially after, you know, we thought so we should almost get power play, you know, and we should... We should score, but you know it's it's tough. It's a quick game, you know, and and it's really really sucks to lose like that. And I think there is something to be said about how you lose. I think that obviously the eight nothing loss to Nashville is embarrassing, and that elicits a different reaction from the team. A reaction that last night over the course of the game was a very high caliber performance. A performance that was, you know, in theory good enough to net you a win on the road. But then you have a loss like that, and you can tell that it is. It is a bit much right now, and that's just it's one more thing to add on to the weight that's existing on all the Sharks' shoulders right now. It's not just Bob Bugner and Logan Gutcher and Brent Burns that are feeling the weight of all this. It's everyone. It's, it's the leadership core. It's the coaching staff. It's the young guys. You heard Bob Bugner allude to earlier there. They've got a pretty inexperienced blue line. You know, the, these guys, they are professionals. You know, it doesn't matter if they are coming up for their first few games or at the start of their NHL career. They got to this point because they have that mentality of doing what it takes to win and being able to rise to the moment and get wins over the course of their career. And I'm sure a guy like Tomas Hurdle, who right now is having some trouble finding the back of the net, it's no different for him. Ken Lyon, it's not easy because you want to help team every night. You play a lot of minutes. You know, it's... I got a chances, you know, it's not like I don't have it. Last game breakaway, you know, couple posts and it's just not going in and you try help and and it seems like every time I get on the ice, it's puck bounces in our net, you know. So it's for sure frustrating because I expect it from me a, a lot, you know. I, you know, team expecting a lot and you want to help. And right now it's just kind of go against, you know, every everything, you know, I try finish every hit, you know, and, you know, just help every, just I can, you know, Try, you know, if it's not there, you know, kill the penalties, just work hard, you know, I trying, but still I kind of go away. Sometimes it's like that. I have to just keep going, not get, you know, frustrated and keep helping the team. But, you know, it's not feeling great when you, you know, have you have chances, you just can't score, you know, you get a couple of breakaways. I don't even have these chances. I feel like during early the season and I was scoring now, I got breakaways. It's not going in and and you jump on the ice. It's like bounce straight on the sticks and they score. So it's it's not easy, but. I was there many times, lot up those there many times, I have to just fight it through. And Hurdle was asked about everything that is going on with being in a contract year, with the talk about the deadline, with, you know, just everything that is going on with the team and how he's handling it. When you get in this position, you know, it's a lot of expectation, you know, a lot of pressure and team expecting a lot. And, and you know, you just keep trying help. And, you know, it's for sure first time ever for me being in this situation, you know, a lot of talks, you know, around me, what happened. From, you know, every time I see you guys, you have questions, you know, so it's a lot of things, but 
I just try to focus, you know, on the ice, try to help, help the team win. But, you know, uh, I have to still do a better job, you know, because it seems like it's kind of go against me. But I have to just fight it through and working hard, you know. I think, you know, I doing, you know, I try to do all the things, you know, finish check, just everything, you know, I can. But sometimes it's go other way. That's how it works. There were positives out of last night, though, particularly Zach Sachenko. And, I, you know, I, I've thought that every time he's come in this year in relief, I've thought he's looked really good. And I saw more of that last night, the way he fights, the way he sits in, the way he'll come out, the way that he just seems to have a really good read and a really nice response, um, very measured. I, I don't know. It just seems like he's very calm out there on the ice. And, you know, watching his play and seeing what he's able to do in the limited amount of time he's been out there on the ice for the Sharks, I just... I enjoy it. You just feel like he is somebody who can be an asset moving forward. And, you know, obviously goalie depth is something that is, um, it's always a plus, right? You're never going to be upset about that. But when you've got a guy like Sachenko ready to step in at every moment and give you a chance to win with his play in the net, you'll take that. I mean, you've only given up two goals going into overtime. Yeah, you're going to take that every single time. And, you know, obviously he, he did a good enough job and the Sharks did not reward him with enough offense. So it's not just James Reimer. It's not just Aiden Hill over the course of the year. This is clearly the consistent problem for the Sharks. They don't score nearly enough. But when you see Sachenko have that game, it does give you hope moving forward. I hope he gets the next start Thursday in LA. I'd like to see everything that he's capable of doing. But, you know, you you did see a really good performance from him last night, which is something that you can kind of look at as part of the future that the Sharks are hopefully building towards. Uh, Sazi is, uh, um, you know, he, I thought he stood tall. Um, I thought that uh, he gave us the saves we needed early. Um, he made some big saves to, to, to keep the momentum uh, on our side. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't get the two points for him. Uh, but, um, you know, for his uh, first full start, I think he should be uh, pretty happy with it. And I think you could see in the attitude of Sachenko is that he wasn't just, you know, excited to be out there. He was playing to win. And I think that he understood his role in coming off of a game like Saturday nights and all the players out there understood what their mentality had to be after a performance like Saturday night. They needed to be that much better. And I thought they did bring the right mentality. Yeah, I think so. I think both teams, it's important points for uh, for both teams. And I thought uh, you could see that in the play. Um, it was a gritty game. Um, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of penalties called. I think uh, both teams would probably wish they uh, they had a power play goal. I think that would have changed the momentum a little bit too. But uh, you know, again, um, they're sitting on waiting on us here, and, and and you know, flying in after the game last night. I was pretty happy with the way we came out and responded. And we need a big response. We got a little bit embarrassed last night, and uh, um, you know, so being an understaffed team and and missing uh, a lot of our majority of our blue line and our two starting goalies, I think that uh, um, you know, it was a pretty good story for us today. Tomas Hurdle tended to agree with that assessment. It seemed like he was pleased with how the team went out there and performed. But once again, for the San Jose Sharks, not enough. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's it's about us because we take wait, a lot of easy, you know, penalties, you know, a couple of stakes. And, and you know, some guys play more, some guys less because we, we kill way too many Way, way too many times, you know, and especially at the game when we kind of been all, you know, we have the chances against Anaheim, we just let him in the game, you know, we, in first we get three kills and we just give him the chances and it's hard because some guys play way more than others. And, and when, when you take the way too many penalties, it's just get, get going. 
Sachenko afterwards talked about the team performance in front of him and how that helped him settle in, and it seemed like a, a nice one-hand-feeding-the-other relationship between him and the Sharks out there on the ice. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. I think it's... Uh... It was a long road to get here, and I think it uh, is, is that much more special. Doing it here with the same team that I started with, whatever it was, four years ago or three years, whatever the number is, it uh, it's special. And you know what, guys, it's, uh, it's a cool moment for sure. Yeah, how do you think that you are there tonight? Oh, I thought I gave the team a chance to win. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's really all you can control. I thought the uh, team played really, really well in front of me. You know, they kind of used me in there. I don't think I got my first couple shots till, you know, six, seven minutes in. So I kind of get used to the pace, which was huge for me. And then once I started getting settled in, it was just kind of shut your brain off and go play. And I thought that he did that. He did shut his brain off. He did go out there and play. He was not emotional. The Sharks were giving him a good opportunity. It was overall just unbelievable frustration once again for the San Jose Sharks to only be able to walk away with one point. And again, you appreciate the point, but simply put, uh, that's not enough. And so the tough schedule continues. They are off until Thursday when they are on the road again in L.A., taking on the Kings 7.30 Thursday night. Back home uh, Saturday night at 6.30 hosting the Kings. Then they host Florida on the 15th. Then they are at L.A., home on the Friday night, the next day against Colorado, home on Sunday the 20th versus Arizona, then on the 22nd at Calgary, 24th at Edmonton, so they've got a little Canada two-step, back home hosting the Ducks on the 26th, then they end the month at Arizona on the 30th, and at Colorado on the 31st. The Sharks, again, all it takes is one little run, but right now, that seems a long way off. I think they need to worry about just one game, getting two points and moving on to the next. That wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will be with you on Thursday afternoon as we get ready for the game against the Kings. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Drop pass to Henry, put it off the defense, right on goal, a diving stop by Sachenko, and he's able to very calmly cover up, doing the human snowman move in front of his own net.